0: Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we're just ordinary men. Today's episode, we're discussing infinite domains, a fascinating little entry into the somewhat packed genre of 90s universal do-anything RPGs that purports to handle all of your fantasy RPG needs. But you know, I checked it, and I didn't see a single picture of a dwarf dude with a strong jawline, good shoulders, and just an apron on, so my level of doubt is high. So let's spend infinite time... Or about an hour talking it over on today's System Mastery. Hey, John, before we get started today, we've got a couple of those announcement masteries to talk
1: about. Announcement masteries? Why, what are those? <laughs> Why? You there, boy! <laughs> There it is. (laughs) Well, good news. You haven't missed it.
0: Neither have our listeners. (laughs) If you would like us to shill a product or a service that you offer or something like that for you, that's easy. There is a link on our website where you can send us $75. Or you can find other ways to give us $75. Why not?
1: Yeah, or if you don't want us to shill for anything, you can just give us $75. You can just walk up to us and hand us a $75 bill. Just find one and it's ours.
0: (laughs) Uh, But if you want to announce a mastery, go to our website. There's a link you can follow through under the give us some money button and we'll do an ad for one of your products. If we think it's worthy, if we think it's unworthy, we won't. And this week we have two very worthy projects, I would say, that we should get through. And would you like to go first with your reading or would you like me? Sure, I'd love to. Please, by all
1: means. Uh, So we were reached out to to do an ad for Wolf of Red Roses Studio dot itch dot IO, uh, which has a game on there. You can go ahead and find on that itch page uh, isolated. It's a uh, horror RPG mm-hmm. was featured on the one shot podcast. Oh, that's a mark of being on a podcast. Definitely uh-huh. a mark in their favor for having been on the air. <laughs> That's a podcast you were on, all right. That's definitely within our network and friendly to us. <laughs> so if you, you know, you know, listen to us, you may also listen to other things on the OneShot Network, we including certainly... the OneShot podcast. So you may have already heard this game and know that you like it. Yeah. But you may have forgotten where it is. Or and... just forgotten to purchase it. And this is your friendly reminder. This is a reminder for you to mm-hmm. go... To Itch.io and you can look up Wolf of Red Roses, all in one word, just Wolf of Red Roses, and you should get their, uh, itch page. That's also their Twitch page. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to go watch them do some Twitch stuff, Wolf of Red Roses, uh... Support them on Twitch, support them on Itch, yep. support mostly, them on Flitch.
0: I heard it's mostly uh, crocheting c- cozies for fully cooked turkeys. Indeed. On that itch, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I itch. got that itch. Got that itch for a fully cooked turkey cozy. Yeah, you
1: can watch them knit something uh-huh. on Stitch.
0: Hey, there's a complete difference between knitting and crocheting. You're about to get a bunch of angry emails and I'm going to laugh.
1: <laughs> I'm going to laugh at all <laughs> these angry emails <laughs> that go to the System Mastery email and I'll never see them. <laughs>
0: Yes, but I'll let them pile up when the foam piles (laughs) high in the streets with angry emails mad about the difference between crocheting and knitting. I'll look down and whisper lols. (laughs) Good. So that's
1: isolated at wolfofredroses.itch.io. That's the RPG. And of course, you can watch them on Twitch at wolfofredroses on Twitch. Great. And I have a different
0: one. In which to mention... A yet differenter thing! An even more differenter than the first one, which yet was equally different. different. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so different. All right, mine starts with some serious copies, so I'm going to get started here. This Ooh, is serious copy. Written, written by a friend of the show. Ooh,
1: friend mm. of the show? Yeah. God is dead. <laughs> Fuck yeah! I'm coming already! <laughs> Let's go to Popeye's. <laughs> God is
0: dead. Let's get some chicken. I'll start that again. God is dead. His heavenly tyranny brought justly to an end at the end of the gun and the spellbook of humanity. After the war, all was not well. Billions of souls sat unaccounted for, seemingly lost for all time, until the breakthrough. Hell is real, and its twisted lords hold the remaining souls of humanity to twist to their demonic purposes. You are a soldier in the fight to free humanity once and for all. You are a hell piercer. Hell Piercers is the new tactical role-playing game from Sandy Pug Games funding on Kickstarter right now. Fight swarms of demons with gravity-defying ring blades, spell rifles, and hell-warping hammers on a battle map in the game's Tachom phase. Swarms, along with their unique horde mechanic, are just the start of what TACOM has to offer alongside unique bosses with mid-battle transformations and a special variable action economy.
1: I mean, for real, these battle transformations, they're pretty mid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) I thought
1: they were super
0: awesome and over the top. That's fine. Ah, when the battle is over, return to the city of Dees and work on building your stronghold against the demons with base building mechanics, which also serve as the core of character progression, and unlocking new systems to play with at a pace your table can set for itself. You know what I can set for myself? Dees nuts! (laughs) Please, this is a very serious role-playing game. Not Please, a pa- not a parody. Please, not a parody's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! From, from Dees, run the grand strategy of the war in Stratcom mode, where you meet a battle of wits against the machinations of the demonic forces run by the GM. Run operations to uncover major strategic developments into the war, allowing a peek into the faction's precious war journal, an artifact of play kept and built by the GM, so you can stop convoys, traps and even grand weapons before they have a chance to change the tide of the war. If you're ready to join the fight and take back hell, take up arms and head over to Kickstarter, where you can also read a special preview of the game's mechanics. Once again, that's Hellpiercer. And uh, also, that's by Sandy Pug Games. I just wanted to mention that because I like everything they've done.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I've been seeing the previews for this on Twitter because, of course... I enjoy the Sandy Pug games. Follow them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also follow friend of the show, Quinn's Twitter, and they've been tweeting about it because they're also helping on the project. He wrote this copy. And uh, I've just been like, oh, this looks fucking awesome. I'm actually very excited. When you told me that they got a uh, an ad for this, I was like, sweet. That game looks fucking cool. I'm gonna
0: be. I've already backed it. I, I barely read it. I have also already backed it. And I barely read it when I first heard about it. I went on. The, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna back it no matter what because I like Monster Care Squad and I I like Orc Stabber." So I'm, I'm I'm on board for this. Uh But when I went to go look at it, I, I looked at just the art and I was like, "Oh, so it's like it's like fourth edition." tactical Gnostic Diablo. Yeah, okay, I'm on board.
1: Oh, yeah. Sold. Fine. You, you hit all the knobs. You got all
0: <laughs> of my little buttons here. You found all my knobs and you cranked them the way I wanted them cranked. <laughs> so if you'd like your knobs cranked, then just head on down to Kickstarter. <laughs> and go to D's. That's. <laughs> support Support Hell Piercer at Kickstarter this very day. before you're, It's too late because obviously it's been on Kickstarter for a little while
1: now. I think there's about two weeks left. Oh, yeah. If that. And it's, I mean, it's already funded. It's not like, you know, there's a chance that this won't happen. This exactly. is going to happen. So the only person who's missing out here is you. Oh, yeah. You need to get your copy of this. And also, the more they have, the more they unlock mm-hmm. for it. So, you know, more factions for you to fight against, mm-hmm. more writers to give more weird stuff.
0: Yeah, special uh, special portions written by new writers, including us. I'm just announcing this now to the surprise of everybody, including the people at Sandy Pug Games. That's right.
1: We're uh-huh. going to get an entire chapter on these. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be a one-page spread of nuts.
0: <laughs> we got Brazil. We got <laughs> pecan. <laughs> Do you want an almond? Baby, we got it. Hellpiercer on Kickstarter back at today. Thank you so much. And now to the show. feel bad about the intro joke, because usually dwarves, they don't have, like, visibly strong jawlines because they got the beards.
1: Well, you, you can you can tell sometimes. If,
0: I guess that's true. Like, if they got a strong enough jawline,
1: Yeah. You if know. the jawline gets strong enough, there's no beard in the world can hide it. <laughs> you make a cogent point. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. The point-counterpoint play we have here. <laughs> what do you think's
0: on that apron, anyway? Besides on the back half, where it's a dwarf dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the back
1: Half. Oh, I is guess a back side. Dick? The
0: back side of the apron. Well, okay, again, to set to establish a fantasy, it was a dwarf with with a strong jawline, really good shoulders, and just an apron on. Yes. So on the back of the apron, there's just dick pressed up against it. See, whereas yeah. I was
1: like, oh yeah, it's just a picture of a dwarf dick on the back of the apron. <laughs> that
0: Obviously. would cost so much extra.
1: Right. Who would bother with that? No one's per- gonna yeah, see it. That's not good for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> that's why when you said that, I was like, what, so is the front like the back half of a dwarf, and it's just real meta, that the front half of the apron is the back half of a dwarf, and then you look at the back. Yes.
0: The front half of the apron is just a naked dwarf with, with, and then there's like a like a, a call-out arrow that it's points to him the... and
1: says, good jawline here, you can't see it because he's looking the other way. The front of the apron is the naked back of a dwarf, so no matter what way you look at a dwarf, you're seeing a naked ass. Yes. <laughs> he's going to get you coming or going. Oh, he's going to get you coming.
0: <laughs> or you're going. <laughs> So, but yeah, I guess that's what we're saying is printed on the apron then.
1: <laughs> that's it.
0: A shot of the same dwarf. Yep. Yeah,
1: just one of those full photo realistic
0: <laughs> shots on the front of it. He's like, look, I don't want you to wait to walk around behind me to get the full situation.
1: <laughs> I this know is, what you want to see
0: and this, I'm putting it. This is truth in advertising is what this is.
1: <laughs> I know what the people want and I'm giving it to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a call out button that says <laughs> "Flip over to see strong jawline," and then you flip it over, and there's a dwarf dick. It just says "Ha ha, just kidding." Penis. <laughs> ha <Ha-ha>, ha, penis. <laughs> so uh we got a lot to talk about, so we shouldn't spend that much time on this topic.
1: Oh man,
0: but, but I should say I'm Jeff, and that's John. And how are you? Uh
1: I'm doing okay.
0: Good, good. Glad to hear it. And uh, I know you're you're currently embroiled in the throes of of your uh, your legal responsibilities as an American.
1: Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Currently on
0: a jury. Yeah, we can share no details. Cannot talk about it. Of course, can't talk currently active, cannot talk about it, but it is a Kardashian. (laughs) I can't talk about it,
1: but it is sexy. (laughs) It was crimes of passion. (laughs) It was crimes of boner. (laughs) Indecent exposure. I think Richard Gere starred in Crimes of Boner.
0: (laughs) 1992's Crimes of Boner with Richard Gere and... I don't know, Kim Basinger Uh, sounds right. The
1: Crimes of Boners Past. (laughs) Boners of the Sins of the Father. And that came out the year before Jade. (laughs) So, uh, 90s erotic
0: thrillers.
1: (laughs) Infinite Domains, though. Man, Infinite Domains, I felt very sad about. (laughs) This is... It's been a while since we've gone to a heartbreaking heartbreaker. Oof,
0: yes. Yeah, this one hurts a little because it's got
1: so much can-do
0: spirit and, like, so many self-insert ads for all the games they're going to write later.
1: God, the the back of this, like, the last couple pages mm-hmm. where they're just like, hey, this is going to be a game that replaces your old system. Were you playing GURPS? Here's how to convert it into our cool new system. Yeah, Because we think we're going to be the new top generic game on the block. Yeah, there were like
0: three conversion blocks. And they were interesting because one of them was like
1: Role Master. Yeah, no, they were just like, hey, do you play a generic role-playing game? This is a generic role-playing game. And by that, I mean a fantasy role-playing game. But mm-hmm. don't worry. Here's the list of 10 other books we're going to put out to cover all the genres.
0: So, yeah, this is both the core book of a, of a planned series and also uh, insofar as it is part of a universal do-it-everything RPG, it is also the fantasy book because that's where you start. You know, you start with your with your big fantasy option to try and hook in all those D&D schmoes so they can, yeah. they can truly experience the the real RPGing that is pretending to be a cowboy instead.
1: <laughs> yeah, the book calls out, they're like, oh, we want this to be a generic system for anything you can use, but we're starting with fantasy because that's where most gamers are coming from. So just, you know, be aware that we're going to put out infinite space soon so you can get your sci-fi genre and, yeah, you know, was- infinite, power. I don't know, power infinite- for superheroes. Yeah,
0: you've got, there's there's like five of them. There's There's... Infinite discipline, which is the martial arts one. Yep. Uh, infinite space, which is. God, just- I'm
1: just, can I just say I'm glad it is an infinite honor? <laughs> like, that was the only saving grace for that for me.
0: <laughs> infinite discipline was a strong contender on my what's on that or, that, that dwarf's apron.
1: Oh, really? Cause sheet it was well. a strong contender for what's on my Fet Life profile.
0: <laughs> infinite power, which. The also Net. on my Life profile. Yeah. And Infinite Darkness, which I think is just on my Friendster account. <laughs> Infinite Darkness. I went through a time. Of course,
1: from my MySpace. <laughs> yes.
0: When we were going through some times.
1: Some My Chemical times. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, of course, none of those books came out. This came out immediately flopped. And there is a very good reason for that. Yeah, I mean, there's
0: a couple good reasons. To start with, marketing-wise, this is just a plain gray book with the term Infinite Domains and a picture of the Infinity symbol. symbol. Yeah, and, and that's it for your cover art. So you're not you're not hooking anyone with that. And that's that that's just a sad truth. People are going to see this and go, I assume that's a supplement for something where they already put the good art out.
1: Yeah, it it does. The other thing is because it's so thin, like it is a soft back. Very thin book. This isn't, you know, your standard like 200, 300 page giant thick boy. Like you that... expect from one of those do everything RPGs. Exactly. And also, when you think like, oh, this is the main like core rule book for a game, you think this is probably going to be a pretty big book. And this does lend itself to when you look at it and you're like, oh, this is sort of thin. It doesn't have a lot of art on there. Like you said, I assume this is probably a supplement to something yeah. or, you know, vaguely related to gaming, but it doesn't it doesn't give you that like, oh, I look at the front of this and go, I understand what you're trying to sell me. Even fucking GURPS is like, what do you have on there? Oh, there's somebody like shooting a wizard with a laser gun. You're like, here it is. We're doing all the genres
0: at once. Yeah, they managed to convey that it's all the genres. You get you get the concept of it. This is you can kind of tell they didn't really have a super strong budget to make this, obviously. So it's no. it's, it's definitely part of the heartbreaker charm. Uh, also, it looks, in a lot of situations, it looks like they had to resort to just purchasing bulk art. So that's definitely part of it, too. You've got stuff in here that doesn't make a lick of sense for the kind of book that this is. Yeah. But uh, once you get it open, oh boy, the reasons why this didn't make it are, are become even more sadly apparent. Yeah. We've got that that very heartfelt intro where it starts by telling you, like, look, This is going to replace your games. We finally found a way to simplify everything. We did it. No one else has
1: thought of doing this before, but we did it.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, the the year that they were the person to think of doing this was uh, 1996. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So GURPS and, and a few of the other big name do whatever type RPGs had already had already come and already started to fail as well.
1: I mean, GURPS never failed. Gurps hasn't been anywhere. GURPS In can't many fail. ways, <laughs> only you can fail Gurps. Gurps is too big to fail. <laughs> Gurps has too many goddamn books to fail. Yeah, the books can individually
0: fail like Gurps vehicles, but uh, <laughs> but then they can also individually succeed like the Discworld books. So, uh, I don't know that much about GURPS. I'm going to be honest. That was my full GURPS knowledge. Great. Please let's not talk about GURPS anymore.
1: Aw, oh, I know about <laughs> GURPS. Hell, I played
0: GURPS. Me too, but I was in high school and I forgot.
1: <laughs> I, I was forgot in college and I, was, I remembered. I was
0: in high school while play. I, I forgot while playing it. It was boring.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. A generic game is not inherently bad. Like, no. I am not the type of person to be like, oh, if this doesn't come with a in-universe setting that I don't care You can have a generic game, sure, and that's great, and I will use it for whatever. I am more
0: likely to like your game if the mechanics support the flavor. Yes. But if the mechanics are really good, I'll take a look at it.
1: Yeah. I think what really turns me off from GURPS and some other things like that is generally the very (sighs) limited level that they generally, I think, you will be at, because I'm like, For the power level I want a PC to be at, I'm usually looking at the amount of points they would give for a superhero rather than they're like, here's what a you know regular character would have. I'm like, oh boy, I can make a shitty asshole that sucks. (laughs) That's such an easy lever to tweak
0: that it doesn't even bother me. I think the thing that gets me the most about those kinds of games is the horseshit unnecessary completionism that tends to dog them. Where you're like, ah, for one point, your character can have the uh, can have the drawback of a minor amount of bad breath. And I'm like, that's a role-playing thing. I don't give a fuck. Why am I writing this shit down?
1: I mean, for me, it's the fact that when you have something like GURPS that has 10 million books, yeah, and all of them have a new list of skills, mm-hmm. you're going to find something that's better. It's like, oh, you could get, like, horseback riding, and it costs whatever points. Or you could get, like cowboy and it gives you horseback riding and lassoing and shooting and this and this and it costs you four points but gives you 12 skills or they
0: do the opposite like uh, a master system where they'll do like computer use in one book and then in a second book they'll put out computer use dot dot hacking and now your old skill doesn't do hacking anymore the new skill does hacking yeah so uh so yeah I'm, i'm generally not a huge fan but they can work they can be okay games yeah uh here we have uh this this game has an editing and a layout problem uh also it's boring i i i'm sorry i probably shouldn't say stuff like that from the start cuz that's kind of like icing on the cake kind of stuff we got eight stats
1: yeah the i mean here i won't Please. say that it's fully boring i mean here's the thing reading any given rpg is kind of boring anyway and i'm a person that likes reading rpgs and i'm like it's it's boring it's rules it's, like it's, it's just rules there's nothing there's nothing. Especially here. in a generic one where there is no setting, you're like, yeah. oh, this is just top-to-bottom rules. Yeah,
0: like I kept expecting that at a certain point as I was flipping through this, I'd be like, and here's the setting we made up to go with this. Because usually you get that in your core book. You get like a little bit where they're like, uh, and, you know, while you're free to make up your own setting, we did provide the kingdom of Thalumdar. And in, within Thalumdar, there are gnomes and orcs that prance about and... And dr- dragons eat all the horses and, you know, that kind of stuff. you It's fine. The, this one doesn't even do that. There's like four sample races and they. No, it's full generic. It's super generic. Yeah. Uh, But it is fantasy. And the only reason it's fantasy, as opposed to any other system in particular, is just because it gets to that kind of tech level and then stops.
1: Yeah. So it's not even like, oh, they didn't include rules that could be used for the other things. The base system is there, and honestly, even in the skills, you can get things like... Use computer. Use computer. Yeah. There's a whole section of technology skills, so you're like, oh, you could use the baseline for this to make a character and whatever. But they also added in, they're like, oh, there's we're going to put the magic system in this book, and you know, other books will have systems for like psychic powers or cybernetics or whatever goes in that genre, but this one will have magic, so... It's got some add-ons to their generic system as well. Yes. And then uh, opposite of that, it didn't go all the way for equipment. So you've just got, you know, your generic medieval equipment. Yes, but a little preamble at the
0: beginning of the equipment section where it's like, look, these are the tech levels that all these games will eventually cover all the way up to the fa- fascinating age of warp travel and so on. But there's, you know, the the book ends with the technology of signet rings. Yes. so So that's where we're at. Uh, and then we get into character creation, which is where you first start to see that this game's kind of got an editing and, and uh, first try kind of problem.
1: Yeah, it's, it's also definitely a book where the layout issue is so noticeable because you're like, you try to start doing something in there and you go through and it will begin to introduce concepts to you that it will not bother explaining or giving you any sort of context for, for at the good end, like 10 pages, on the very bad end, about 100 pages. Of
0: like a 110-page book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we start, this is one of the first ones, we start with how you generate statistics within the game. There are eight statistics. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to try and remember them off the top of my head. I know that there's like affinity and control and movement and
1: stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you j- get some of your base ones, so you know you've got strength and dexterity and intelligence and endurance. Mm-hmm. So half of them are very basic, you know, standard everywhere stats.
0: Yeah, you have the regular six that you would you would expect to have. Uh, with the with the difference being that affinity has replaced charisma for the most part. Uh, and then dexterity, intellect, speed, strength, and, and uh, vitality go where you think they would. And then the other two are control, which is kind of your ability to uh both take to control yourself so it's kind of a, a little bit of like mental fortitude but also your your ability to exert control over natural forces like magic and stuff
1: yeah i mean at least in this setting in
0: this setting yes and then luck which is just a stat in this that works a little differently than the other stats but is rolled the same yes uh to to generate your stats you roll 3d10 or the book suggests that you may wish to roll for at the D, uh gm's allowance you may wish
1: to roll 4d10 40, 40, drop low yeah it's it basically is like, oh, if your GM is like, I would rather the PCs have higher than average human stats. Like, if you want to be, like, heroic, you can do a 40-10 drop low if they allow it. Yeah. And then, of course, when it gets to the summary of character creation, it just says to do 40-10 drop low and does not mention 3D10 at all. Yeah. The book, because it's one of those.
0: It's one of those. That's a very specific thing that we find from time to time when we read books, which is the no looking back model. Yeah, Uh, where the book looks like it was written in one setting uh, or one session. And don't go back a page. Never, never look back there.
1: Yeah, every every time you're just like, it feels like the author assumed they remembered everything correctly Mm. and never bothered to check.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's ever actually the case. I'm sure tons of work went into these books. It's just always funny when, when almost every editing or layout error in the book is linear in that one direction that leaves you thinking, like, this person wrote this book at one sitting.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, you started with this, and then it morphs into something else. Yeah, you're like, that's weird. <laughs> so
0: after you establish those eight statistics, uh, then there's a bunch of secondary stats you need to determine.
1: Oh, I don't know if you said it, but it is down the line. You don't rearrange yes, your stats.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a number of secondary statistics to be determined most of them are just things like oh this one's three times your vitality or this one's a third of uh the, the most interesting one of them is your mana your stat manas uh which each one of your stats outside of control and luck will each have its own amount of or, or power of mana stat that, that you get so you'll have an arrow like a speed mana and a strength mana and so on
1: yeah so uh it's okay. it's weird though because you figure that out Even if you don't use magic and if you don't use magic, they literally don't do
0: anything. No, they don't do anything at all. And what's what's also weird about it is about halfway through the book, they'll start they'll they'll uh, stop calling them attribute mana or like strength mana or something because they will have introduced the magic system, which uh, uh, takes each one of those attribute manas and converts it to a spell mana type. So, for example, strength mana becomes like fire mana. And from that point forward, it's your fire mana instead.
1: Yeah, it's it's very weird that they decided to be like, all right, we have eight stats, six of them will matter for casting, mm-hmm. although control still matters for casting, it yes. just doesn't matter for mana. Yes. And then <laughs> the mana strength based on it as well is a calculation where it's one-sixth Or you're not one. It's your attribute divided by six Uh is how much of that mana type. So you know, like you said, strength is fire. So you divide it by six. But then there's also conflicting information within the book on whether or not you round up or down. Mm -hmm. There's a uh, a section where it goes through making a character, Mm -hmm. and in there, it seems to be like they're rounding down for everything. Yeah. And then there's a sample character in the back of the book written out where you look at their stats, and it appears that they have rounded up for everything. And there's no point where it (laughs) says written out, please round up or down or true round or anything like that. It just sort of leaves it to your own discretion. I'm going to go ahead and say this now. This is going to... I'm I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna request a, a a a truce between you and I for the purposes of discussing this game. Okay. I'm I'm gonna request amnesty and I'm going to offer you clemency in return. <laughs> and the 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 reason I'm I'm offering I'm offering this 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 I'm handshake across the Offering you humane clemency. The reason I'm doing this. The reason I'm declaring a ba- a neutral state for us to discuss this is because. Half the shit in this book you found and half the shit in this book I found. Oh. And and uh, I'm going to tell you, I found most of the what you're supposed to rounds. But, I, but one thing I never found that I had to get from you telling me when you compl- complained about the book when handing it to me was how many skill points you get. Yep, I never found it. I know it's towards the end of the book somewhere. I never came across it. No,
1: like I said when I was telling you, there is literally two sentences in the back of the book that explain it, and if you don't find those two sentences, you will never know how to make a character. So when
0: I tell you that I found most of the situations that tell you whether to round up or down, I'm not saying
1: that by way of saying, John, you fool. What I'm saying is, I understand what I'm saying is I did find a couple points where it said how to round up or down. Not for Affinity,
0: though. The You're right, actually. Affinity the, specifically didn't have anything. I intentionally found the next available thing about rounding and applied it backwards to it.
1: Yeah, whereas I went, all right, well, that's fine. You've got a sample build here. I'll look at that. And then that did it one way. And then their other sample character at the back of the book did it a different way. And I went, well, fuck you then. <laughs> You're not even consistent in the two times that you have
0: shown me this. I mean, there's a point in this book where it says like for for further details, consult the below table,
1: and there is no table. <laughs> that is one of my favorite things in this. It was like, see table m dot two. There is no table m.2. What are you talking about? <laughs> so So, you know, just to be clear, this is this is a, a puzzling read. <laughs> there's there was definitely going through this points where I was like flipping around to different sections going, wait, what the, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> this is a book you have to read. Like you have to keep a thumb on whatever page you just read. At all times. This shit is like reading House of Leaves, and you're just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. It's like reading a choose-your-own-adventure while you know you're going to have to cheat. This book is like reading Infinite Jest, but even worse. <laughs> yes, you keep naming more and more pretentious books, and I'll go the other way.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this is this like... like reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid. This book is like the monster at the end of this book. <laughs> and Elmo <laughs> is all of the rules trying to get me to keep from turning the pages. This book is one of Ulysses' thunder words. <laughs> Ulysses, This yeah. book is like Finnegan's Wake. It is incomprehensible and you should not read it. This is a Faulkner book. <laughs> this book is a fish. <laughs> All right. So. Anyway, so a lot of the uh, stuff that you do in this is uh you take your stats you figure out so in addition to what all your various manas are you'll have your health mm-hmm. uh, your endurance because this game runs on an endurance uh, meter so anytime you do anything during combat uh, or even outside occasionally it will take endurance so if you want to swing a sword that's endurance. It's not
0: just endurance, either, because you're also tracking action
1: points. Yes. <laughs> both of them. You have two kinds of, of mechanics that you of uh, things you need to pay to do anything. Yeah, so endurance is sort of your what you can do for a day, uh-huh. and action points are what you can do in a round. Yes. Uh, I think one of the things that drove me
0: the most nuts was in the action points explanation. They're like, hey, because uh, oh, just so you know, there's also like 50 ways to attack with a weapon. You can like jab, parry, turn, thrust, dodge, ha ha. So... You've got all of them, uh, and each one of them costs a different amount of action points and a different amount of endurance. There's a part where there's an example of, like, a guy fighting with some trolls, and he, like, chooses to jab at one troll and thrust at another, and he has two action points left, and it says, and he decides to save them until the next round. There's no rollover minutes. No, it is pointless. <laughs> there's no reason to have done that. No. Other than, that, I guess, some role-playing reason you're like, I've attacked enough for the these, <laughs> these six seconds.
1: Well, I mean... It's one of those things where you're like, oh, I have two action points left. Do I have anything I could do that matters? Yes, with two you action already points? jabbed this
0: turn. It cost two action points. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's multiple examples of you jabbing twice. Get jabbed on.
0: <laughs> uh, it, I got so fucking confused by that because I was like, oh wait, so there's rollover action points? Because there's you can you can spend them in advance. You can you can credit action points when you have because spells cost more action points than you're likely to have action points.
1: Yes, sometimes so it, you might be like oh, this spell is going to take, like, 16 action points. Clearly, I can't do it in one round. We'll just count until it's done.
0: Yes, you, instead, you just sit there going, Abadoo, the, 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 the spheres, or whatever you spell you're casting, until, um, it's called Abadoo the spheres. <laughs> Abadoo the spheres? <laughs> Dis nuts! Until, <laughs> until you've spent 16 action points doing that, usually three or four rounds, and then it goes off. So you can you can credit them, but you can't bank them. But that story made me go like, oh, you can bank them? Okay, well, I guess you're supposed to bank. Okay, well. Then this, yeah, then that again a bunch- feels like it came yeah. from an early
1: draft yeah. where you could. Yes, exactly. So anyway,
0: anyway, uh, yeah, action points and endurance.
1: Yep, and then uh, you'll get your initiative score, which is just, you know, t- determining who goes first. Uh, You get your movement for how fast you can go. Please note that the movement substat is not only
0: not de- uh, related to the speed s- uh, stat, but it's not even attached to it. There's no measurement from the one that connects to the other. Weird, because speed isn't speed like run speed. It's it says speed. it is. When you look at the description of what speed is, it says it describes how fast you are on o- in overland travel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it he isn't. just changed his mind. Uh, yeah. Instead, speed is all about initiative. So they changed speed from moves fast to reacts fast. Yeah. Instead, if you'd like
0: to know why uh, movement is a substat, uh, it's because out of all the substats, most of them take one of your stats or other and multiply it by something or divide it by something or average it with another one. This one is based entirely off the difference that you are from the average
1: height of your species. No, that is how you change your stat because you get a movement stat and then it'll be plus or minus based on No, that's height. what i'm saying the
0: only variable that attaches to it is how tall or short you are relative to a member of your species
1: yes and note that while there is a chart to roll on if you would like to it's you can't just be like whatever i'm 12 feet tall i don't care <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how big is your species they're normally three foot i'm very fast
0: <laughs> so uh so yeah if <laughs> It's just sort of fun that when you encounter it, because you're like, all right, why well, not to do this? I roll 3d10 or 4d10 a bunch of times. Fine. Now I'm going to multiply and divide a bunch of these stats by each other or by themselves to come up with all these subs. About how tall I am. Okay. Where's that? Oh, 40 pages from now. And when I roll on it, it's going to be a whole different thing because it'll be dependent on my species. And that's another 50 pages from
1: now. Great. Uh, there's also two percentages you get. Mm-hmm. You get courage and resilience. So courage is a cowardly dog. (laughs) Mm Yep. Courage is a percent chance to resist either fear spell effects or just when you should be afraid of things. Yes. Uh, And then resilience is to resist things like poison and stuff like that, and then occasionally spell effects that will do. Things based on resilience as well.
0: Yes. Following that, there are three tables for special qualities related to your character. Oh, there's
1: also mana strength. The other one that we didn't get to. Yes. Because uh, the mana or the magic system in this is all based on. strands that you can use in a spell when we get to the spell casting i will go into it for now suffice to say it is fucking complicated it's very complicated and just so you know all the
0: mana values you calculated before your mana strength are not your mana this game doesn't actually have like a mana pool of mana that you can spend No, you spend
1: endurance it's like endurance. you do yeah. for anything
0: instead they're the number of strings you can, from that type of mana that you can contribute to the, the weaving of a single spell
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. but the mana strength is how many total strings you can have. Yes. (laughs) God bless. (laughs) Okay, now we get to the three tables. Yes.
0: They're like special talents or special attribute, special talent, and drawback. And it tells you not how many of these to roll or in one ordering like that, but it just says, you may wish to roll a number of these equal to the number of special powers granted to you by your race or species. By the way, this book uses race uh, entirely as species, because it's an older book, and that's usually not that big of a deal. But it does mention that you should always expect to find dramatic, measurable differences between both species and even ethnic races. Great. Yeah, that's one of the sentences I I found.
1: Love it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the the special attribute talent and the drawback thing are... (sighs) They're there basically as, because this is trying to be a generic thing, they're like, oh, uh, one of the special attributes you could have might be like night vision. Mm-hmm. So you might say like, oh, in you know my weird setting, the uh, elves have night vision. So if you make a character that's an elf, you'll just get night vision as yeah. a special attribute.
0: So what I did when I, when I was making my character, I was like, all right, well, let's go back to the sample species and see how many special powers they get. And I thought they didn't have any. That's just because I had forgotten that one of the special attributes that you can get is just plus two to an attribute. Yeah, sometimes so, you can
1: just get better at stats. And
0: of the st- example uh, species in the book, that's all they ever have. So I just kind of forgot that that was a thing that they would even have.
1: Oh, yeah. So there's a big list of the special attributes and the special talents. The special attributes are usually like... Things like you have better stats yeah. or night vision or, you know, ways that you are physically different yes. than, say, just a baseline human.
0: Special talents tend to relate to magic or some kind of uh, kind of power or, or just special ability. Trainings, Training, skills, yes.
1: things like that.
0: And then drawbacks is a list of uh, either just generic role-playing game penalties or horrific genetic conditions that will kill you immediately. Huh? where they're like oh yeah you can roll stuff like you have an abrasive personality that makes it hard for you to find dates or you have spina bifida
1: (laughs) it is definitely one of those things that again the game is like hey maybe maybe you don't have a drawback like this is definitely a thing that you probably shouldn't just randomly do anyway here's the table for randomly doing it
0: yes yeah it's it's because the last couple of them are, are like, uh, lifelong diseases and genetic abnormalities. And the genetic abnormalities are stuff like diabetes and, yeah. and sickle cell anemia, where you're like, I thought this was a fantasy setting. Why
1: are you giving me multiple sclerosis? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Muscular dystrophy. What, are you kidding? Why? Why do I have Lou Gehrig's disease? Did Lou <laughs> Gehrig exist here? <laughs> well, he's generic. <laughs> Ah uh, yes, Lou Gehrig. Parentheses generic. <laughs> it is it is weird to see a drawback list that just goes so hard from like you're kind of quirky to you're probably going to die an early death, and you're like, huh, weird.
0: Yeah, one of them was like behavioral abnormalities, and I was like, oh no, no, you don't. Not in 1996, you do not. <laughs> and and it's okay, they didn't. No, they did not. <laughs> Oh, uh, see, I, you know, I- I'm going to be honest when I made a bonus content character, I just rolled once on all three because yeah, I couldn't obviously. figure out what else to do. This game is very dependent on the D on the GM having gone
1: through and built everything in advance for you. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this where the book even says like, oh, your GM should have probably gone through and done a lot of work. Again, a lot of that in the magic system is mm-hmm. like, Hey, your GM should probably put in I don't know, a lot of hours that I was unwilling to in order to make this work. We're so close to talking about it, too. All we have to get through is the inscrutable skill system.
0: God bless. (laughs) So the skill system... This is the one where we were talking earlier where it doesn't tell you how many points you get for skills. It's supposed to be a variable amount as determined by the GM, but there is a suggestion (laughs) of 100. Oh, the
1: variable amount isn't even variable. It's always 100. Oh, okay. The, The part in the back is like... There are two different leveling systems you can do. You can either do the, uh, like, you have levels, you hit level two, you hit level three. So you can do it that way, or you can do it the way where some have it, where it's like, oh, you get XP, and you can just spend the XP directly on upgrades rather than waiting for a level to hit, where you get a bunch of upgrades at once. Yeah, they're called levelless and (laughs) level-yes. But in this... When they start out, they're like, all right, skills. You're going to have a group of skills. You pick a class that you have. Career, yes. (laughs) Well, it's the same shit. (laughs) Uh, And that will determine how much extra you pay for stuff. You don't get a discount on anything.
0: No, no. Most you can pay the basic amount for something.
1: Yeah, so if you pick, you're like, oh, I'm going to be a classic warrior Mm -hmm. as my class. You're like, cool. Uh, Then all of the, like, Weapon skills and basic skills and athletic skills, those don't cost you anything. Those are base amount. But if you want anything that's like smart guy skills, all of those cost extra. And depending on what it is, it usually ranges between you're paying one per one extra point per cost up to, I think, three at the max. Yeah, these are super short because that's
0: all they do. I think one of them has one other ability. Like, I think Warrior has you move some skill points around or something. But between Adept, Magus, whatever the one that you're supposed to use if you want to play a paladin or a superhero, uh, uh professional, and I, I think there's at least, Warrior, I think there's at least one other. It's called Specialist. Rogue. Rogue and Specialist. Yeah. Specialist is just like, hey, pick some of the things. You get those at one, and all the rest of them are at three.
1: Yeah, so uh, with those... That's all they do, though. Yeah, the the whole thing is just like, hey, you get... Just a penalty to certain skills, and that's it. Yeah. Which sucks given that in this point by system the first every time you spend something, so skills themselves, each individual skill has a cost for that. So it might be like one up to like four points per skill. Mm-hmm. And every time you get a skill, you get five. Percent mm-hmm. of a skill because it's all percentage-based, roll under. Yes. You get five percent per rank until you hit fifty percent, and then you get one percent per yeah. rank. There's... And then it sucks. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, because that represents the truth
0: that it's significantly harder to train. So you're like, once you get to the 50% capability of accomplishing anything, well, what's what what else are you adding to that? Obviously, your your attributes should get involved, right? Yes. All the attributes have a bonus or penalty that's based on what your stat was. There's a table in the beginning that tells you that. Uh because of the ver- the fairly low starting values, you're usually looking at maybe a plus 10 to a plus 15 coming out of any in- given stat. So normally unless you've invested all 10 ranks in something, you don't even have a 50% chance of succeeding with almost any skill in this game.
1: Oh yeah, the <laughs> like obviously if you're going like, "Oh, I want to make a warrior and I want to have him be A guy who uses a spear. Yeah. Like, great. I go to the spear skill. I put, you know, it costs three points per rank. Yep. For any weapon skill. Uh Uh-huh. So you're like, all right, well, I guess I spend 30 at least out of my 100. So I'm spending about a third of my points to get to a 50%. Yes. And then at that point, you look at it and you go, I can't keep putting points in here because... I need to be able to do literally anything else. Yes. And if I go to even like 60%, then I've spent two thirds of my points. What we're seeing here is the classic
0: example of thinking that that uh, the fun of the game is in characters being just absurdly terrible at their most basic functionality. When you're like, oh, Warrior will usually have, because they invested heavily in it, a 50% chance to hit a, with a sword. To get beyond that, that's the realm of the master. You learn 1% at a time. And I'm like, Yeah, you've got, like, driving on there, and if you told me that your driving percentage was because you invested heavily in it, 50% chance to not crash the car, I'm not giving you your lift rating. (laughs) You're
1: getting one star. It's so weird because, again, like, your stats are going to give you a little bit of a bonus, but probably around, like, an extra 5%, maybe. Yes. And at that point, you're like, all right, so I go to 50, I get an extra 5 for 55, that sucks. Mhm. But I mean, hey, I've got a 50/50 chance. That's not terrible. And then you look at what combat actually does, and if anyone tries to defend even a little bit, all of a sudden your chance to not to hit someone goes from like 50% to about 10%, or if they're using a particularly good shield,
0: 0%. That is correct. Yes. All the percentages that you can get from doing things like parrying, dodging, throwing yourself on the ground. Every one of them is a different kind of defense. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, things like that.
1: Yeah. If you have a a good kite shield, you can impose a 50% penalty to someone attacking you if you block. Uh Uh-huh. And baby, that just means no one gets anything done. Yeah. Everyone's missing constantly. That's
0: just part of the game. Uh, the other fun thing about the skill sections, it's it starts alphabetically, uh, just as big alphabetized block of all the skills, uh, with four entries above each one that it'll say like one nnv nv one slash uh, na, and that's all it says. Because if you're like me and you're you're terrible at reading, then you will have skipped the very last sentence of the very first page of the section before skills that says like how to read skills. The first number is the point cost to purchase. The second number is the, the endurance cost. The third number is the action point cost. And the fourth number is what skill it uses, if any. Yeah. Where you're like, why would you why would you do it that way? Why wouldn't you just have the layout include the templating so it's easy to read at a glance?
1: Oh, it's, it is easy to read at a glance, if you've read and memorized what this means. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna
0: say. Uh, but then, you're like, alright, well that's annoying, but Could there be, for example, a handy list of all the skills just alphabetized by name so you can go through the list and figure out what point costs you want to invest? Oh, of
1: course. Yeah, at the end of the skills section, there is a big page that breaks it down by skill type, Mm -hmm. and then all of the point costs and everything are right there. Yeah, except
0: they're wrong. (laughs) Or maybe they're right. I don't know which set of numbers is correct, but they're
1: two different sets of numbers. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not all of them, but there are definitely a very large selection of things in here where you're like, ah, yes. Cooking I, is
0: my example that I went to right away.
1: There's cooking is one. Healing,
0: I think, was another one. Mana tying yep. is one of the big ones. Yeah, because it costs one point in the in the uh,
1: descriptions. And two points in the skill sheet. And so that's you're like, like the most basic-ass skill you need to be a wizard. Yeah, and you're like, dude, am I paying double for this or no? You need to tell me. <laughs> nope. All of the various skills in here it's sort of a crapshoot on whether or not the page where it lists the description of the skill will be the same as the skill sheet that gives the cost for it.
0: Yeah, what fun. <sighs> the
1: other fun thing is a lot of the skills will list two or three
0: stats as their as their definitive stats. And uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, maybe you found this. This is why I wanted my clemency. Uh huh. I could never find if it was like, you just take an average of them. You pick the best one. You pick the
1: worst one. You take all three of them. I don't know. Here's the thing. It doesn't tell you. Now, I think there was a point where they were like, "Oh, it'll be." I might just be making this up because it would make sense for this is there to be an example in there. character or something. No, I, I'm a like there is an example character that has percentages in there, but I think it might be just based on like either you go, "Oh, my character does this in a whatever way," which means whatever your best stat is, right? Or it might be like the DM decides. All right, you have a 50% on this and it can be influenced by either control or dexterity. So write all the, all three of those numbers down. So I'll just when you make a roll for this skill, I'll tell you if you're doing this dexterously or with control.
0: Yeah, like for example, healing is uh I think it's it's uh three of them. It's intellect. Uh All I have written down on my sheet is I-N-C-N-A-F. So affinity, intellect, and whatever C-N is. I forget. Control. Control. So it's it's three of them. And I don't know if you take the average or you take the best one. I just don't know. Yeah. So who knows? But what I do know is if it's the, the third one where it's like, oh, the DM will tell you based on, oh, this feels more like an affinity attempt to heal. That means you have to write down so much crap.
1: No, you write down your base percentage, and then when he tells you that, oh, you, you look it, up at yeah. what your skill says. Yeah, you're right. Or what you, your stat says. That's
0: fair. It still feels like a bunch of unnecessary work, but sure. Anyway, the magic system this is one of those <laughs> build your own spells tables, like when you have the build your own sandwich station at the Golden
1: Corral. And it is just as toxic. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, the magic in this, there are, as we said, a bunch of different types of mana, mm-hmm. depending on your stats. There are six six types. So there are your basic elemental ones, fire, earth, air, water. You also get mind and spirit. Mm-hmm. So those are the different types of mana that you can put into a spell. Then there is the mana strength, which determines how many threads you are putting in there yes because each one is sort of a mix and match for what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. because each mana type has a bunch of what's called base effects in there that you can mix and match to make a spell so like for instance uh something like air has float yes as a thing you could do in air because you're like oh i can float something that's a base effect so whether you are doing a fly spell or a levitate spell or you just want, like, tensor's floating disc or some shit like that, Mm you would be like, all right, well, I'm going to use float in it. That counts as one of your threads that you've put in there. Yes. So it is both one air thread and one overall thread.
0: Yes, and that is also the cost in skill points to purchase that base effect multiplied by whatever kind of multiplier you have from your selected career. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the magus is the only one who gets to buy this normal style yeah even the half wizard one the adept still purchases it at double cost
1: which just sort of makes it absolutely unreasonable to be a wizard unless you are a full-ass wizard yes because i'm gonna tell you right now if you're like ooh, making my own spells on the fly that sounds amazing except all of the shit you will need you're gonna need to buy like 30 different fucking base effects uh-huh. because you're like, oh, well, I could get like float and speed and that should be enough for fly, right? You're like, oh, you sweet summer child. No, no. you forgot effect air. You'll, you're going to need effect air and also effect creature. Uh-huh. And also you're going to need to get, uh, I think they even have the move, fly I spell think in the there.
0: One, move is the one under float that's like, instead of just being able to hover in the air, you can move around in the air. So I think yes. you need move as well as float. So you need float to get off the ground, move to move around in the ground, speed to affect the speed at which you move around in the ground, affect creature so it'll work on something other than nothing. And that by nothing, I mean not just rocks or whatever, because that's affect object. Yep. So you're going to need all of these. Thankfully, some of them cost zero, which means that they don't, con- they don't contribute a, a thread total or a, an endurance cost to the final value of the spell. They do still cost exp- or skill
1: points to purchase. They cost at least one. Yeah, so sure. if you want to affect fire, Mm-hmm. is one of the base things under fire. Now, you have to pay to get the base effect, but its cost in threads is zero. Yes. So they aren't going to penalize you for doing a fire spell because they're like, oh, that's just the type of spell it is. So fire, zero. Yeah. Uh, effect creature, zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, targeting, like, tissue is a zero. So all the things that target or turn it into a type of spell are zero so that you can use them freely in your spell construction. But again, you do need to spend points to buy them to have access to use them in your spells. Yes. And you will need to use them in different
0: differing amounts to, to actually make them do anything.
1: Yes, Some of them have a base number next to them. So it'll be like, Oh, like move is, uh, or float is a two. Yes. So it costs two to buy. And then it counts, I think, for two endurance when you're doing a thing. Yeah. But because it's just one thread is float, you count it as one thing. Yes. But move is one plus. Mm-hmm. So when you buy it, you just pay the one. But when you are crafting a spell... You'll need to put extra you points You can put into more it. in. Yeah, because
0: there's a whole section of, for building a spell where you're going to have to assemble that spell using all the qualities you would like that spell to have. Uh, The first qualities listing is qualities. And then after that is quantities. And then factors of change, including things like weight, distance, area, volume. Qualities is things like damage, clarity, intensity, brightness, value, hardness, strength, flexibility, sharpness, and perception. Uh, So if you want to, for example, uh, take a weapon and make it slightly better, it's probably going to need to affect the qualities of, of a value worth, of intensity, of damage, of hardness,
1: and of strength and sharpness. Well, like, fire one of their base effects is just sharpen. In, yeah, and also enhance And it. enhance. Yeah. Which is great that you can be like, ah, can I enhance my sword to do more damage? Why, no, it's a sword. You must sharpen your sword. Hmm. Or the other way where I read it, which is, oh, you should probably just buy one of these and convince your GM anytime you use it. Oh, yeah. Like because, of- uh, like, uh, one of the base ones in there is to uh do the suggestion spell. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna make someone uh follow a suggestion and make them like open to hypnotic suggestion or whatever. Yes. It says you should use five units of dull uh-huh. on there. And I just kept thinking like, okay, I could do that. I'm I'm dulling their reason. Yes. Can I also use the water effect decrease to decrease their reason? Because one of the mind effects is just effect reason. Yes. Could I instead decrease reason instead of dull reason? If the answer is yes, why did I buy both? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, f- I spent a long time when I was trying to figure this out, being like, why would I ever buy cool when effect cold is an option? Uh, and it turns out that effect cold is just like a baseline. Like you have to purchase it and stick it into the spell for it to work at all. It's not so much a a function as
1: it is like a gatekeep. It's just you can't, you can't buy cool without effect cold. It'll never do anything. Well, unless you want to be like, Ooh, I get effect, uh, emotion and cool and I'll cool someone's emotions because (laughs) that's the fucking way this game works. Yeah. Like
0: technically cool specifically says it decreases the temperature of a substance by 25 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) But you know, dull specifically works on objects. It says this effect is used to dull blur or deaden a quality component of an object so but and then it, but then it just uses
1: it in fucking suggestion to yeah. say you're dulling reason. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I, I I assume that I don't know, maybe they thought they were terribly clever, but what they weren't was especially clear. No, the problem I had with this was this seemed and this is especially having played games and been across the table from you for this show for so long, this is very much an argue with your GM motivator <laughs> all yes. this is is oh i bought six of these and i'm gonna argue my way into using those six for literally everything you'll be
0: amazed how every spell i make has the exact same six threads in it
1: yeah it's it just felt like oh i'm gonna buy some of the ones that are zero that i can use for anything and then get some of the very generic sounding ones so i'll be like i'll get enhance and then i'll just instead of using increase or sharpen, or any of the other things I could that I can't say Enhance does. Yeah. Like when people are like,
0: you're going to have to sharpen your sword. I'd be like, ah, most swords historically weren't that sharp. That wasn't really the point of them. It was that they weighed 15 pounds and were made of fucking steel. You want to get hit with 15 pounds of steel? No. This one just does even better at that.
1: <laughs> oh, so you increased it. No, I enhanced
0: I it. enhanced it. <laughs> <laughs> if this game didn't want there to be a distinction between increase and enhance, it wouldn't have put them both in here. Or I win the argument, except I would never do this. This makes me mad. Oh, the, the
1: main issue is because things like cool and dull have that listing where they're like, this is what it does. Normally you'd go, oh, cool, I know what that is, and I won't be able to argue cool to work on emotions. Yeah. But then you go to the sample spell selection, and it's just using whatever dumb horseshit that the author thought sounded good. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you fucked up. You really fucked up on this. I
0: feel like I'd mostly just invest heavily in speed, because I'd be like, oh, that infects everything, like- like, getting hit with a mace even faster is going to make the mace do more damage. I don't really, I don't need to make the mace spikier or heavier or whatever. I'm just going to make it faster.
1: No, nah, you put too much speed in this mace, and now it flies away from you. <laughs> it goes pew!
0: <laughs> Fine, I guess. This doesn't have that. It does have a giant table for what happens when things go wrong, though. Oh, yeah. This
1: game does have a blunder system. The critical success... Sort of exists in combat. Yes. And in nothing else. But blunder, that exists for everything. Oh, yeah. It's always like a, cha- a
0: 1 in 4. Or, or it's say a it's 99 blunder-
1: or uh, 100, and then you blunder. Yeah,
0: depending on what thing you're doing. Some blunders occur on, on a 1 through 3 out of 100. Some on a 1 through 4. Most 2%. Yeah,
1: yeah. On, when it's a spell, instead of it, it's... 97 uh, through 100. It's, yeah, it's the top 4. Yeah. But it also depends on if you are casting a spell that you know or one that you made up. Because this game also wants you to, in addition to spending all of your points on base effects and the ability to cast spells, Mm -hmm. it also wants you to then spend XP to buy specific spells. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, oh, I know that using float and move and speed and effect creature and whatever will give me fly, I can just buy the spell fly. Yeah, there's only like seven of them, but they are in here. And it tells you, oh, make up your own. If there's a spell you think your character will use all the time, then use that. If you're like, oh, I've got a guy that I assume is an enchanter. I could go, oh, I'm going to have a spell that I know that makes a weapon do more damage. Yeah. Okay, great. Then that can be a spell you know. You get a plus 50% to your casting of it. Yeah. Which great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. Uh but then also you change your blunder rate. Mhm. So normally uh there is a blunder and a backfire.
0: Yes. Blunder so- is 97, th- oh sorry, blunder is 97 through 99, backfire is the 100.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Normally, if you get that 97 to 99, and it's a spell you know that you're casting, you'll just sort of fuck up a little. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you get that 100, it backfires, and there's a giant, looks like a wild magic table from fucking old D&D, where just random shit happens. Unfortunately,
0: it's not that interesting. Mostly, it's just you hurt yourself. It's just a thousand variations on you hurt yourself. So it'll all be things like, Weaver improperly channels the mana, spell is cancelled, and Weaver receives a random minor injury, or... Uh, spell blows up in Weaver's face. Everyone within twenty takes two d10 damage and a major blast injury. By the way, there's like ten kinds of injury. you can Yeah, we we'll get into that when we get to the combat section. We're, we're, we're very close to done already. We're out. We're we're running rapidly out of time. Uh, we're gonna go long, I guess.
1: Yes. <laughs> the only other thing I will say about magic is remember when we said that all skills you get uh five percent until you get to fifty. Uh, that's not true for mana tying. Mana tying you can get up to a one hundred percent in. Because fuck it, who cares? I think they,
0: they actually say why in there and it's like because it's the most important skill for wizards. But you'd be like, I don't know, I feel like spear is really important for like spear fighters, sure. But but yeah, no, you're right. monetizing is specifically an exception that you can buy as many points as you want in it. Which is the one
1: point where he's like, Baby, if you buy this spell outright, you spend, you know, some of your very precious points to buy this spell that you know you're going to get a plus 50%. I'm like, yeah, but this is the only skill in the game that it doesn't matter if I get a plus 50% because I'm almost certainly going to be at a 100% mana tie. Yes.
0: So you may find yourself asking the big question. Uh, does this this game... is not
1: my beautiful house.
0: <laughs> does this game have a, dist- a distinction because it's got Magus as the only type of, wi- of a casting thing. Uh, is there a distinction between your wizards and your clerics? Cause it is after all, a generic role-playing system. And yes, there's channelers, which are people who cast because of their faith in gods, uh, and it doesn't really adjust anything. It basically just applies a bunch of rules to them where they're like, oh, they now they have to follow a code and they have to only use weapons their god likes and they have to only cast spells their god approves of. And and uh, Yeah, and-
1: you still have to buy all of the base effects yes. and everything, but now you're just sort of like, oh, you're limited on what you can do. It's just a RP limiter on what you would be doing Which, whatever, if I made a character that's like, I'm the cleric of whoever, which means I'm using all of these spells, they're gonna fall under that domain anyway, so it doesn't really matter yeah it's just a thing that's there it only
0: comes up when the magic system starts to go to that point where i got my eyes too glazed to keep reading <laughs> where it was explaining like the various types of elemental damage like i mentioned earlier there are like 10 types of damage in this game some of them are the, are unique to magic others are uh, universal like weapons can do them but also some magics can do them this is because every elemental type like if you shoot a fireball versus a lightning ball does its own type of damage as well Uh, and, and there's a lot of elemental types that we didn't cover yet because there's fire, earth, air and water, but then there's like shadow and vibration and lightning and stuff that are made by mixing those plus the spirit and mind elements.
1: Yeah. So if you've got light and air and fire, you can do
0: lightning. Yes. Channel fire is made by, by combining soul and light. Now you may notice that we have not mentioned soul until this point. I believe, and I'm not sure, but I believe it's just one of the spirit or control ones. That if you're a channeler instead of if you're a, a, a magus. Uh, I mean... Because it's called channel fire, so I'm just gonna... Well, channel yeah. fire
1: is just magic fire.
0: Yes, it was funny because fire is magic fire as well. There's no way to deal non-magic fire yes, in this Yes, but this
1: is like fire made out of magic yeah. rather than I used magic to create normal fire, which is what fire is. <laughs> normal magic is when you use magic to make
0: fire. Magic fire is when you use magic to create fire. That's magic. It's ma- it's fire
1: made out of magic rather than fire made out of
0: fire. That's almost definitely the worst one to have started on. It's so stupid. But, like, if you mix air, fire, and light, you get electricity. That's what I said. Yeah, if you mix fire and mana, you get mana fire. But shadow, that's a mixture of cold and light. Yeah.
1: Because light isn't just how much brightness there is, it is also the absence of light. Mm-hmm. So darkness is affected by light. Yeah.
0: And and obviously cold is what shadows are.
1: Obviously. Mm-hmm. It's cold light. Yeah.
0: Cold shadow. The most powerful duck ninja of, uh, in uh, Sega Genesis history. <laughs>
1: uh, All right. So I want just... to real quickly go into combat because we have not talked about how normal combat works. No, please. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Talk, talk, talk. So... In a game, you will have whatever your weapon is, uh-huh. and weapons have different ways that you can attack with them. Yes, they can hack, they can... Yeah, they can... you see, so you have, like, chop, slash, pierce, crush, whip, mm-hmm. uh, and... stir, stir, beat, whip, stir, Sorry. boil them, mash them, <laughs> stick them in a stew. <laughs> uh, now, all of those will be... On your weapon, it will say what you have access to. Yes. So it'll be like, oh, you've got a broadsword. You can chop or you can slice or you can stab with it. Yes. Cool. Great. Sure. And when you attack, you decide which one of those types of attacks you are doing. Yes. Now, not only are you rolling to see if you actually hit someone. Yeah. You then also have a D100 table to see what you do if you hit someone. Uh Uh-huh. And that D100 table is split between each type of attack and then each type of armor that that attack hits. Yes. So it's not just enough to have a chart for chop and a chart for slash and a chart for stab. There is like six columns within each chart. Yeah. And each of those columns will tell you, did you do damage? Mm-hmm. Did you do nothing? Uh, Or did you do damage and a type of wound? Yeah, there's injuries. There are three types of injuries. Thankfully, one of those, two of those injuries are represented by the letter M uh-huh. because they're fuckers. <laughs> y- yes. I didn't even realize there were three types of injuries. I was like, oh, there's, there's M and then there's M and then there's S. Okay, I oh. assume... The little M means yeah, you didn't do say, enough damage. Don't forget to mention that they come in lowercase and capital, and that's a
0: different thing.
1: Yeah, but I, for some reason, when I was reading through it originally, I was like, oh, this is a lowercase M because you only did three damage and a lowercase M. Where if I do ten damage and <laughs> an uppercase M, it's saying I did a, a good amount of damage, so now it's uppercase and I get rewarded for seeing my M be bigger. <laughs> but no, it's minor, major, and serious. yes very confusing minor
0: major series really should have been they should have changed minor to light or something not lowercase and uppercase m so yeah there's like three pages in a row of just these giant charts of like hack crush attack chart versus clothes hide leather chain or plate and then at the bottom of it, it'll mention like edge weapons do hack injuries blunt weapons do crush injuries it won't matter because they use the same chart but it matters it matters because I don't know. Other stuff does matter. Other
1: yes. stuff cares if you're hacking or crushing.
0: Yeah. And then the injury charts are horrific. It's got that really nasty, like, uh, like. because keep in mind,
1: the chances of inflicting one of these injury things are not bad. Oh, no. the The problem I have with this is there's a big section that is you do nothing. Yeah. Then there's a very slim part of it that is you just deal damage but don't deal a wound yeah you do this many of, of damage points or whatever but most of the chart if you're dealing damage is you're at least doing a minor wound yes so there is a very small chance that you just take away someone's health points. so
0: like, let's say you roll and hit someone with a minor wound and then you have to roll on the minor wound table let's say you roll a very normal 71 through 80 right great what does that do well it does three more units of damage that's not a big deal uh but what if instead you rolled a 51 through 70? Well, it's only two more units of damage and one organ damaged. <laughs> but what is an organ damage you ask? Uh well, it's just simple stuff. It's it's things like oh, you got uh, a broken bone or a well, cut muscle. Yeah, this
1: has a uh chart for mm-hmm. where you hit. Yes. But ma- only if you hit and determine you get a wound. So if yeah. I swing and I just do health damage, we don't care where I hit. It just comes out of your health pool. But as soon as it says, you start doing organ damage, then I have to care where I hit you. So now I have to randomly determine my hit location. Then I have to randomly roll on a chart of the wound to see what type of wounding I do. And then I have to find out what type of wound happens in what area, and then figure that out from there. Yeah, and the chart that you use to determine the injuries has this whole, like, key
0: system where there's pictures of swords and various types of skulls.
1: Yeah, it's like, ooh, there's a white skull or a black skull. Or did you damage or did you destroy an organ?
0: Yeah, and then there's a two pages of blunders for each type of blunder you might do. Uh, so you can do things like accidentally hit yourself with a big sword or bite your own lip if you try to bite someone else.
1: Now, as we have mentioned... It's very difficult to do anything because you're obviously not going to have a very high percentage in any skill. And defenses are super high percentages, so... And if anyone, yeah, decides to go, uh, I take a block action as one of my actions. All right, well, you're fucked. Yeah. In addition to that, for every fifth of your endurance or health you lose, you also start accruing cumulative penalties. Yes. So you get into a death spiral. So... Not only is it just, oh, I've lost, you know, a fifth of my health. Now I'm at a minus 10 to everything. Mm-hmm. But if I've been adventuring for a day and I'm at, say, four fifths of my endurance, I get a minus five to everything. So the more stuff you try to do in a day, the shittier you are at doing it. Yes. So the second you hit that threshold where you're about to dip down into having a like minus five or minus 10, you're like, well, we're done for the day. I'm, uh, I'm not going to fuck yeah, around. Why would you bother
0: with another minus 10? Instead, let's engage with this game's complicated spell system. So as to heal
1: me, <laughs> the the great thing about this is looking through healing in this is the easiest goddamn thing in the world to do. Yes, it costs you nothing.
0: Yeah, it's not a big deal to heal. That's a weird thing about this. Yeah. Then towards the very, very back of the book, it suddenly goes like, hey, would you like some sample species? Fine. Here's elf, dwarf, centaur, and a, a one we made Goblin. Goblin, yeah. And then there's a little bestiary, and then, as we mentioned earlier, a bunch of stuff about how there's more books coming.
1: Yeah. And the two sentences that say you get a 100 points for skills <laughs> yes. at the back of the book Squirrels for no away way reason. back
0: there, I assume because they forgot to put it in, and there's no looking back.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, well, I can't edit the part in skills to say you have a hundred points to spend because technically it's not that you get different amounts of points it's just when you get your hundred points you can spend them differently depending on if you are doing uh that's right because it's it's tied into the two le- types of standard leveling. Leveled.
0: Ugh. i just want to be done talking about this thing but i can't because it's time to ask you john Hey, what's your favorite thing about Infinite Domains?
1: Ooh.
0: We picked this because it looked short.
1: Yeah, god damn. I, I gotta say, when I was going to hand this book over to you, I kept being like, hold on, wait a minute. I, I need to day. look something up. And I'd be like... Spending an hour fucking trying to find an answer to something before I would give up and go. They've given me two conflicting answers, and I don't think I care enough to keep trying for a third. Yep. So there's more to it. There's more conflicts we didn't even bring up yet. Oh yeah.
0: The initiative system. There's a bit in the initiative because your initiative, you get a number of action points equivalent to however much time you can you can justify spending on uh, on actions per round. Uh, but you can't go until everyone else is gone. So you're basically trading turns until everyone's taken a turn, that action, and then you continue down until everyone's out. Unless, the book says, you beat someone else's initiative by more than 50 points on the percentage chart. In that case, you get more attacks, you get two of your attacks before they get one. Uh, until every sample combat in the game after the section where they tell you that that's the case, where they forget. Yeah. So that's just another one where they're like, Yeah, this guy's got an initiative of 121. He's fighting a troll with an initiative of 12. He attacks the troll attacks. He attacks the troll attacks. I'm like, wait, what about
1: the part where the initiative beats by 50 thing? We forgot. (laughs) We fucked up. We hoped you'd forget. (laughs) (laughs) Look, there's a bunch of dumb shit in this, and we assumed you would go cross-eyed and forget everything. (laughs) But I will say my favorite thing in this is they at least attempted to make a make-your-own spell system. Okay, that's fair. I like the idea of the on the fly spells and i don't know that i've seen a system do it amazing like i've seen systems do it well but i've never been like fuck this is the one
0: no it's it's very rare and maybe this ain't the one No, the, the closer you get to these make your own spell systems being functional the less stuff there is in them It's usually just stuff like, oh, if you want to do a blast, it can do up to this amount of damage per level. It doesn't matter what the fuck it's made of. That's you shooting. If you want to just do generic stuff, it's this bonus to your skill roll to do this kind of generic stuff.
1: And that's that's the whole thing with making spells on the fly is you either provide, like, here's a handful of things you can do. Yeah. And it's just sort of how do you flavor it? Or you do this where you're like, here's fucking 20 pages of different effects you can put into a spell. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah.
0: These things are are ripe for abuse. I don't care for them, especially. These
1: kind of build-your-own-spell systems. I like the build-your-own-spell thing, but I like it to be on that more generic, like, less a million things. Yeah. Because I like to just sort of be able to say, look, there's not really a huge difference between me doing a blast as a druid and you doing a blast as a sorcerer, but I'm going to flavor mine as like, ooh, vines pop out of the ground and like lash your flesh. Whereas you can say, I shoot a bolt of fire at you. That's fine. I'd rather be descriptive in it than have to sit there and go, hold on, I need a spell and I don't, I don't know what base effects I have. I've got twenty of them. Just get back to me in a minute. Yeah,
0: you and I tend towards the reskinning friendly side of the spectrum for this this kind of debate. Yes, we both do. Like I saw an argument the other day where someone was saying that, oh, my warlock has like a sea god as their patron in a D anD D game. So eldritch blast for me is that the the tentacle of the sea god comes out of my mouth and lashes my opponent really fast and goes awesome. back in. And then I saw someone being like. Oh, they post the spell description that says, like, it's an energy blast. And they, like, drew an arrow to it. They were like, hmm, tentacles are not an energy blast. I was like, dude, go fuck yourself until there's no fucking left to fuck. (laughs) Who gives a flying shit? It does 1d12 damage or whatever. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Eat my entire asshole. (laughs) So there you go. The best thing I can say about this is that it tried. That's fair. (laughs) What is your favorite thing in Infinite Domain? It's the same thing because it's the only thing. Everything else in this game is so
0: generic that it's not. I mean, like, there's nothing in here for classes that aren't wizards. Yes, because that's uh, the problem. You can build a rogue in this game, but are there even rogue skills? Not really. No. And 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 uh are, are they different than skills that just anyone could take? No. What about the combat system? Just open to everybody. There's nothing special about it. There's no way to invest in it to become cool at fighting. You can become competent at fighting. Stop. Yeah. And in a system that guarantees it's like, oh, this is the system that does everything. We're gonna make we're gonna use this to make a superhero game. I'm like, the hell you are. They're either gonna be wizards or they're gonna suck.
1: Yep. And that was the problem, is you're like, oh, there's no thing for like a rogue to hang their head on they're like sure i can get 50 percent in stealth soak in the warrior it doesn't matter doesn't change anything yeah so i hate to say it but it's
0: one of those games where i'm gonna agree with you because the spell creation thing is the only thing in this book that's anything yeah so there you have it <laughs> All uh, right. what's your least favorite thing
1: oh man uh i mean specifically i have to go with that skill thing the fact that the Layout is bad and there's so many times where you're like, oh, I got I'm trying to find a thing and I can't. But the fact that I literally told you that this doesn't have this in one section and it is in the back of the book where they list the DM things so that you knew beforehand and still couldn't find it. I'm like, this is fucking Uh, bad.
0: I'll be honest. I wasn't looking very hard because I knew you had told me and I knew I would rather trust
1: you. (laughs) But it's still just one of those (laughs) things where I'm like, it. It isn't even in the back of the DM guide under skills, it's under leveling. Yes,
0: yeah. The it's, starting amount of skills is under the leveling instructions, and that's where you find it. And the
1: only place that it is in the book, and yeah. god, that is bad. hmm Because, again, trying to make a character in this, if you go to patreon.com slash system you can hear the characters that we made. Oh, boy. And mine's totally wrong. I did everything wrong. Trying to make a character in this. I just sort of went through and went, I'm going to make assumptions and that's where this ends. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the fact that they fucked the layout and character creation that badly is hilarious to me. Yeah. So there you go. No, you're
0: absolutely right. Worst thing for you. Uh, I'm going to go. I, I, I mean, I know you're pretty much taking part of the layout here, but I'm really going to lever into the layout. Oh, yeah. The the fact that the skill list is after the skills and then has the numbers wrong on it. And then the key for how to read the skill list is the last sentence before the skill list instead of after the skill list with the list of skills. And that the list of skills does not include or use that key. Instead, it's templated so that it shows each one of those factors of the template listed above it, like you should have done in the first place. Hmm. This book has just an uh, ungodly layout that makes it impossible to find anything or understand anything. Oh, yeah, this book tries its hardest to obfuscate information from you. There's parts, like, when you're reading your way through the spell system, you, like, finish reading all the base effects. Like, great, now what do I do with them? Uh, uh, Ah, not time for that yet. Now it's time to explain talismans and different types of elements. Hey, we didn't even fucking
1: talk about alchemy in this. And it's an entirely separate thing that basically does magic, but also is its own little thing.
0: It sucks. It's just not fun to read. But the layout makes it almost impossible, which which is probably why this is the only book by the company.
1: Probably. Uh,
0: so there you have it. Uh, would you play this
1: game? Good Lord, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, not only is it just an absolute mess to try and find anything or make a character in, but it's also just when you make someone, they are not satisfying and you cannot generate a character that I would want to play. No. And plus, there's nothing interesting to do with them because... Again, they provided... Well, that's... I'm not going to hold that against it. A generic system, it's up to you to provide a setting. That's fine. I'm hey, not know... going to say holding against the generic system that you don't have a setting. It's hey, not you supposed You know what to.
0: GURPS and Masterbook both do? make most of their money from, at least when they existed, like when Masterbook existed, providing settings.
1: Yeah, in it, other books. There's usually that a sample this never one. got to.
0: I think, I I, mean, I have read GURPS since I was in high school, but I think it has sample shit.
1: Nah, not really. Okay, that's fine. I mean, it gives you the idea of like, you could play Cowboys if you want to count
0: that. But I mean, you're still right that that uh this doesn't generate a character I'd want to play. It doesn't generate a fantasy character that I can envision running through even a, a fantasy system I'm already familiar with. I can't see taking a character in this through like, I don't know secret of Ziran or something like that because it doesn't make any sense whatever you generate whatever comes out the other side of the pipe
1: <laughs> Yeah, whatever comes out the back end of that pipe is not fit for human consumption. <laughs>
0: But I would love to run a system... A character... You know what I should probably do is just go dig up a DD and d character from, like, second edition, I think, and convert that... In, that using the conversion guide in the back of this awesome. into this game and make that be my bonus character. I would if we weren't running along and it was really late at night and I'm hungry. Yes. So instead, I'm going to use my terrible character I already made.
1: Hooray! That'll be
0: at the Patreon. Patreon.com slash System Mastery where for the low price of $2 per month, you can unlock our basic bonus content where we make characters in the game we just reviewed. You also unlock ad-free versions of all of the shows that we make, so that's a great way to get those. And there are other levels you can support us at where you'll unlock things like Star Wars Expanded, Expounded Universe, TV Mastery, The Afterthought Podcast, special colors and secret rooms in our Discord, all kinds of good shit.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's great. It's good. It's like the Winchester house in that fucking Discord. Yeah, also, All sorts of weird secret shit.
0: Also, I think we're about a week and a half out from making our next live appearance. We're going to be at C2E2 in Chicago.
1: Yes, indeed. C2E2 be, in Chicago. If you're going to be
0: there, we are going to be putting on the RPG quiz, the ultimate RPG slash Dungeon Meister quiz show experience where we will hand out fun stuff to the crowd for answering not especially difficult role-playing game questions. Oh, of
1: course. They're not difficult. We want to give wink, away the stuff. Wink. <laughs> We want to give you free things. That's what we want. We would love to do it. However, you need to earn
0: it. You earn it. And uh, all, that will also be featuring James D'Amato, star of stage and screen, and One Shot the podcast and the One Shot Network. He'll be there, too, doing some other fun thing.
1: You know, some stuff.
0: Some stuff. Some fun stuff. I'm not saying that the thing he does isn't fun. I just don't want to describe it because
1: it's really worth a surprise. He'll be there. Mm-hmm. Mm, technically. He'll be technically there. We'll be doing all the real work while he watches. <laughs> He was great last time <laughs> and we'll also yeah all, he was great at watching us do all the work we'll, we'll also,
0: all, also all three of us will be at gen con this year even though i don't want to because indiana is a shithole <laughs> and they've got
1: rules that are for schmucks
0: yes so and that's what we are uh, schmucks so well we got to be there anyway pressing flesh and hopefully not catching anything from yeah, it
1: and hopefully not actually pressing any flesh exactly
0: so just letting you know we have a tour a series of events we're going to be attending at or, or going to i think we also have. A, i mean i don't know about you but i'm very much planning to go to Dra- to not dragon to um uh big bad con this year
1: oh of course yeah whether if w- big bad con happens in person i'm there
0: yeah whether or not it, we're going for the for a tour i'm going yeah so that that's just a plan i've got all right so thank you so much for listening i hope to see you again real soon in the bonus content or later on other shows that we make and until then i hope you all have a good one
1: Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.